Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Brenda Shoshana, and here I am back in the city in the middle of a move, unpacking, moving, reassembling, and happy to be with you all for our podcast of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And really, this has been what's called in the Zen world a Samu session, which means work, 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 and all the work is Zazen. All the work is practice because you're focusing one thing at a time. And you do it more carefully, more slowly, more thoroughly. That is the heart of Zen practice, actually. Uh, And let me tell you the title of today's podcast. It is, Pick Up Your Coat from the Floor and Put It Where It Belongs. Mm, That is a very famous Zen saying. A, A Zen teacher was asked, what is Zen? And he said, pick up your coat from the floor and put it where it belongs. That's it. You know, the, the, one, of, one of the beauties, the wonders, the delights of Zen practice is two things. It's utter simplicity, clarity, and it's utter practicalness. It's so practical and so specific. You know, usually when we, want, we look for a teaching, oh, is it mystical? Will I go into bliss? Will I learn the essence of this life? These are the kinds of questions we all have, of course, and we all want. What, is, what am I doing here? What is the essence of life? Where am I going? Where am I from? Who am I really? This is the heart also, also, of Zen practice. And so, of course... When we go to a spiritual practice, we we crave those answers. We crave a sense of belonging in the universe, a sense of meaning, a sense of direction and purpose. We don't, as we say in the chants, we don't want to squander our precious life, of course. And most endos chant that at the end of the sittings, do not squander your life incredible, important teaching. So we, we look for something very vast and very so-called profound, and, and that is what we go to practice with. And of course, for many, many years, sitting, sitting, sitting sessions, we really waiting for, <laughs> waiting for these answers to come, this clarity, this um, sense of direction. The only thing is we may have great direction for a few years, and then boom, so many... as conditions change, circumstances change, so much changes, and our direction, our our actual aspiration doesn't change, but our direction may have to change. Maybe we can't do zazen on the cushion the way we used to. Maybe our bodies change. Um, There are many, 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 many factors. So this monk came to this great Zen teacher and said to the teacher, Tell me, please, what is Zen? What is practice? He didn't say, he didn't really say what is practice. He said, what is Zen, meaning, really, it's who am I? What am I doing in this world? When we say, what is Zen? You know, what, and then what do you have to offer? That's included in that question. How can you put my mind at ease? What kind of answers do you have for me? And all through the history of Zen, monks, laymen, laywomen, traveling, journeying, pilgrimaging, I make that word up, pilgriming, going on pilgrimages, 
spiritual pilgrimages, seeking, seeking, seeking these very important answers that goes on all through the literature. And this, so they arrive somewhere at some teachers and master a monastery, a hut. They are maybe even in the grocery store. <laughs> Someone is standing there and they know what Zen, well, not that nobody can know what Zen is, but they have some experience with this search, let's put it that way. And so the question comes to the teacher, what is Zen? And this particular teacher that we're going to talk about for today, he said, Zen is picking up your coat from the floor and putting it where it belongs. Finished. What an incredible answer that is. What an incredible answer that is. He's not going into a theoretical, metaphysical, analytical, intellectual response. He's pointing to what practice really is. It's attending, attending thoroughly, carefully, lovingly to each moment and to whatever is in front of you to do. Do it. If you notice your coat's on the floor, pick it up and put it where it belongs. That's the very important part of it. You're sorting, you're lifting the universe itself by putting it where it belongs and including people. You see someone lying on the floor, pick them up and put them where they belong. I was thinking that the other day, walking here on the streets of Manhattan, so many, many homeless people, painful to see, incredible. Pick them up and put them where they belong. Now that's a koan. It's a koan, including pick yourself up and put yourself where you belong. First of all, how can I pick up, literally? In, the, in my house as I'm moving in, yes, I'm picking up so many things, throwing things away, picking up things, trying to see where do you belong. Each thing is alive, vivid, something I'm going to live with, which will give me life and I give it life, everything. So it's one thing to do it for day after day as I'm moving and unpacking and throwing things away that are ready to go. That's one thing, and that's a terrific practice. And in fact, in many monasteries, most of the day is spent cleaning. Not so much sitting, although there's a lot of sitting too. But cleaning, cleaning, raking the garden, picking up things and putting them where they belong, taking care of our world, paying attention to it, honoring it. We're really honoring life in this way. That's one part of it, a very important part of practice. And and as we sit also, it's so interesting, we're picking ourselves up, we're picking others up. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, as we go by in an uplifted state of awareness or in a state of attentiveness, on some level, the other feels it as well. If we look at someone lying there and we don't think, oh my God, make some kind of a judgment on them, but see through their temporary situation to who they really are, what's really possible for them, the love that they are essentially, the wisdom, the clarity, we call it Buddha nature, that that's in every single living being. And when we know that and see them that way, you know, it affects that person. They get it. On some level, they hear it, they taste it, they smell it, they get it. They know it. So some things we can't physically pick up, 
and put where they belong. We don't know where they belong. They don't know where they belong. But once a person or once we have a sense of who we really are, I don't mean an intellectual understanding, but a real experience of our own innate beauty and wisdom and kindness and clarity, once we taste that, which we do in Zazen as we sit and sit and sit, we may just taste it for a few moments and then taste something else. But those few moments are very atomic. They're important. They're intense. They're profound. And they have a tremendous effect on the rest of our lives and the rest of our days. So we just keep sitting, sitting, sitting. We may forget those moments, but they're there. And they allow us to pick ourselves up and allow us to pick others up in a very silent way. It's not about preaching anything. That's what this... See, when this wonderful monk came to this Zen master with the question, what is Zen? He wasn't preaching, giving him a sermon about, you know, what to look forward to or who you should be or something like that. He was very... He was pointing to practice. He was pointing to reality. Pick up your coat from the floor. Where are you right now? What's on the floor? What kind of mess is there around you? Take care of it. Pick it up. Start with one thing, just one thing at a time. Just put one thing where it belongs. You know, it's amazing because as all these boxes get unpacked here, there are so many things just put down all over. And oh my goodness, if you look at everything (laughs) that has to be done, you completely are stopped cold. It's overwhelming, and I think that happens in life. We get completely stopped and overwhelmed too much. Can't do it all. That's what, you know, we feel confused. However, if we take one thing and put it where it belongs, it feels so good. And then just take one more thing, just one more thing. Put your shoes on a, on a little spot here. And, and then you do it all day long, one thing, only one step, one thing all day long, or for as long as you can. But now I, I, for me, I take nice rest periods in between with a little green tea. Oh, it's wonderful. And then when I'm ready, I pick up something else. And you know, it's shocking because day by day, there's more and more clarity and space comes and, and things fall into place. And, and a home begins to emerge out of the clutter, a living condition, a flow. It's really beautiful to watch, and that's the true of our life. We may not see it while we're doing it, while we're in the middle of it, but then a little later, the next day or a few hours later, oh, look at that. Things look much different. And, And so it is with all of our lives like that. Same thing with lift a person up and put them where they belong. You know, just a kind word. Looking at them through what I call the eyes. Well, I like this phrase, the look at them through the eyes of love. Or also it says judge righteous judgment. There are all different ways of, of speaking it, but it means look at through the eyes of truth. Don't look at a person lying on the floor, somebody who's in other words, fallen or in pain or in harm's way or whatever. There's so many ways of being on the floor, isn't, aren't there? And we all get tumbled down and then we get up again and some don't get up again. But we're talking here about lifting whatever is on the floor and putting it where it belongs, not necessarily 
just physically or not necessarily even physically because if that being doesn't somehow agree and lift themselves, no matter how much you lift them, they will fall back down again. So the real lifting is to see them, to see their, their beauty, their possibilities, the truth about who that being is, not the external picture that they're presenting. And you know, many of our children and family, they get caught in a kind of a personality mold way of doing things. It's almost like a little show. <laughs> and we get stuck. We all get stuck in these, these ways of presenting ourselves in life. And to see through that, to see through that ego demonstration, to see through that, then we're picking that person up and we're seeing them and putting them where they belong. And we're also judging righteous judgment about that person simultaneously as well. So Uchiyama Rochi has another quote very connected to this, very beautiful, which is, to care for things makes the whole world come alive. And I've, I've always found that, that teaching, that saying, so touching and wonderful. To care for things, not, not just people, but for things, not just things, but people. To care for life, to take care of it, makes, makes your whole world come alive. Usually we want to be taken care of. Take care of me, help me, help me, help me. That's how we live. Take care of me, I want to be taken care of. That's like from childhood, a, a yearning from childhood. It's a part of us that never grew up. <laughs> that's, and that's okay, we all have that part in us. However, in Zen practice, is the practice simply of gr- growing up. <laughs> that's how I would call it. Grow up, growing up. And as we grow up, rather than yell, take care of me, take care of me, help me, we, we do the opposite. We take care of whatever comes into our life. And it actually works. It makes the whole world come alive. We feel so touched, so grateful, so happy, so connected to whomever comes along, to whomever comes along. And we get such beautiful little messages from life, too, and from the world. I, the porter was helping me take a stranger. I don't know him. He, he just moved in, helping me take some boxes away. And he turned to me and he said, remember this always, you're not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. Out of nowhere, the, the, voice, the, the voice of teachings of truth comes through all different sources, all different places. I was so touched. I, was, I smiled. I was so touched. Dharma, there I got a beautiful Dharma teaching from the porter who was helping me take away these boxes. And I made a gasho to him, and he laughed. It was so lovely. It couldn't have been more lovely. What an encounter, a Dharma encounter as I was picking up things and putting them where they belong. So that's what I wish to share with you today. And I know this is a beautiful week coming up for all of you. No, this podcast is a little late, but here I am. A little late in the week, but here I am. And that again, we could talk about that. That's an amazing koan, here I am. You know, so many different ways to answer that profound question. What is Zen and what is practice? So thank you, thank you for listening. It's great to be here talking to you. And I send you many, 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 many prayers and intention for for beautiful practice. Because as we grow up, 
and think about taking care of others, not so much being taken care of all the time. The universe, God, the divine, any word you want to use, steps in. And it's the joy that we have been looking for is right here then as we take care of the world. So thank you again, and I will be back next week. And the, the website for this talk is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. Have a beautiful day.